Exodus chapter 20, the fourth commandment on page 78. If you have it open there before you, um, I think that will stand you in good stead the next few minutes. Let's pray. Gracious Father God, in your word, you offer us rest. And when we reflect on our lives, we're conscious of how often we feel restless, stressed, strung out and worn out. Come and speak to us this morning. Help us to see your your wonderful gift in the Sabbath and help us to enter into it. Amen. On the 13th of January of this year, so a month ago today, Alex Atwood, the Northern Ireland Social Development Minister, published a discussion paper outlining the the easing, outlining proposals for the easing of current restrictions on Sunday opening for large shops. If the minister goes ahead to recommend a change in the law, and if the Stormont executive ratify his suggestion, then it may be that we're going to have more shops open for more time on a Sunday, sometime quite soon. As we come this morning to the fourth commandment, this command to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, I'm conscious that just nine months ago I taught us a short three-part series on time, work, and rest. Uh, And at least one of those uh, three addresses was on the subject of the Sabbath. Uh, If you remember last year, those of you who were with us on our church weekend, we also took some time during that church weekend to to dwell on on Sabbath and what it might mean. If you want to hear the stuff that we said back then, just go onto the church website and you'll be able to listen to those three talks. They're all there. Uh, As I came to prepare this morning, I was quite conscious that I didn't want to just rehash the stuff that we said back then. So uh, don't worry if this sounds like something we have thought about recently. What I'm going to to offer you this morning uh, to to think about is, is fresh and new compared to that material back then. Let's have a look at the command then. Um, You'll notice first, well, well maybe you've noticed, but I'll point it out to you if you haven't. This command comes in a different form to the first three that we've looked at so far. They all began with straight, straight away with imperatives. You shall, you shall not. But the fourth commandment's different. Instead, it asks us to remember. Well, what is it we're being asked to remember? What's gone before that we're being asked to cast our minds back to? Well, if you read the text of the commandment, it takes us right back to creation. It reminds us of how God worked, making the world and everything in it in six days, and then taking a seventh day to rest. So God, right at the outset, gave us a pattern for a working week. Sabbath is in our blood. Sabbath literally means stop. That's that's what the Jewish word means. It it means stop, stop doing what you're doing. Do less and do different. 
So on the seventh day in the creation account, we read that God stopped, he, he quit his working, and he asks us to, to be in his image, to be like him in this regard. So he gives us a day to be still and to be quiet and to recover. Sometimes I walk up and down, when I'm walking up down the Newton Arts Road, I hear a noise that, that to me is quite a good metaphor of, of modern day super stressed Britain. So you're walking down and you hear a high pitched whining. And you see a car coming past at 30 miles an hour and it's still in first or second gear. And, and you're, you're just thinking, you know, you're screaming to yourself, Stop! You're wrecking that car. Go down into third gear. Relax. To me, it's quite a concrete everyday metaphor for for how we live these days in modern-day Britain. We work harder than ever. Uh, We probably earn more money than ever. But all of this has just gone to increase our, our levels of anxiety and stress. I read this week in preparation that 60% of successful professionals say that they're suffering chronic stress. 48% of top American corporate executives report that their lives are empty and meaningless. Now those two statistics together are pretty shocking. More than half of us are stressed and about half of us say it's not even worth anything because there's nothing at the end of it. Far too much of our time goes into earning money to to work for things that we don't need, can't afford, and haven't time to enjoy anyway. Maybe an illustration will help you to to put this workaholism into a, a perspective of some sort. A business executive's walking down the beach with his iPhone. He's waiting for an email to confirm the financing for his latest big project. And he comes across a fisherman. Uh, lying on the beach in the sun beside his his small fishing boat. So the executive strikes up a conversation with the fisherman. Listen, the the weather's great. There are plenty of fish out there. Why aren't you out there on the water catching more fish? And the fisherman says, well, I've been out this morning and I've caught enough for today. But just imagine, the executive says, if you went out three or four times a day, Before long, you'd have caught enough fish to buy yourself a small motorboat. And then after a couple of years, you could have a second motorboat. And then in three or four years' time, you could have a trawler or a fleet of trawlers. You could buy a helicopter with satellite tracking stuff on it to help you track the shoals of fish. And and the guy went on like this. The fisherman was puzzled and he shook his head. He just didn't really get this. As the, as the executive went on and on about the size of this fishing empire that the fisherman could grow, the fisherman clearly hadn't got it at the end. He sat there still with a puzzled face, and at the end of the long rant he said, Then what? The businessman said to him triumphantly, Then you could, you could retire. You could come and lie on the beach in the sunshine looking out to the sea. And the guy said, Well, what do you think I'm doing now? We've thought briefly about how the Jewish Sabbath, this final day of the week, was a gift that God the Creator gave to his people, a rhythm of life 
for rest that's in our blood. Not long after the resurrection, Jesus' followers changed their day. They, they moved to today, to today, sorry, Sunday, the, the first day of the week. And they did that, of course, because Sunday was the day when Jesus had risen from the dead. The day when he marked his victory over death and the grave and, and everything that held God's people from knowing him and his love. So they started to call it the Lord's Day. For us, a, a day like today should be our Sabbath And also can be our Lord's Day. This is the day when we gather together to remember and to honor Jesus. We want to say every week, we want to take some time and say, He's the immovable center of our lives. So it's a Sabbath, but it's also the Lord's Day. I think that's a pretty good summary of of the many things that the Bible says about the place of the Sabbath in the lives of modern day Christians. Sabbath and Lord's Day. I want to spend the rest of our time together this morning giving you six very concrete suggestions for how you might be sure that you receive everything that you could in God's gift of the Sabbath. First of all, guard your rest. And this is a kind of a weird thing. Uh, There's a paradox with Sabbath. It sounds lovely and something we would all want to experience, but the truth is we don't. And the reason for that is that it's quite hard work to ensure that you get a Sabbath. And that's the paradox. It doesn't just happen. You see, your phone doesn't stop ringing. The emails, they don't stop coming simply because we've decided to take a day off. We need to make a genuine effort to, to make sure that we get the rest that God has given us. It'll vary from person to person what those concrete steps are. Maybe your home feels like a, a place of stress for you because you have a lot of domestic responsibilities. Maybe you need to get out of the house to be sure that you enjoy a Sabbath. To the guys who have moved from having just mobile phones to now having iPhones and can take their emails and their work with them anywhere they go in the world, I've asked you, have you worked out how to deal with that? Do you know how to live Sabbath with an iPhone? Maybe you need to think about that sooner rather than later before you lose your rest. We've got to decide to guard our rest because if we don't, The pressures will rob us of our rest. The time to relax is the time when we don't have time to relax. That's the time we need to do it. A second thing about Sabbath, be refreshed in your rest. And what I mean by that is, whatever you choose to do, make sure it actually is rest for you. We live in a time where people have started to have very demanding hobbies. So you can easily end up with a hobby that exhausts you. You know, maybe, maybe you've decided you want to run a marathon and you want to beat last year's time and, and you find that this, this hobby is, is flattening you. Maybe you've decided you want to increase your, your cultural awareness and you want to learn Chinese and you're spending three nights a week, three hours listening to Chinese vocabulary and learning your... Maybe it's the garden. 
You look out in your garden and instead of seeing a place of of welcome and of rest, you see a burden. Oh no, I have to go out and and sort the garden. I was at a conference one time and and I just remember uh, something that somebody said there on on the subject of Sabbath. They they made a, a point. They said, you've got to find out what it is that recreates you. And the implication was that it's different for each person. So I can't tell you. I can't tell you what's a relaxing experience for you. But you've got to work it out. So that you can enjoy rest and Sabbath. A third thing about the Sabbath. Have freedom in your rest. There were Sabbath cops walking the beat. Telling people what they could and couldn't do. Right back to Jesus' day. And I'm sure long before They had taken this gift of a rest that we read about here in the fourth commandment. And they had made all sorts of rules about what you could and couldn't do on a Sabbath. So you couldn't prepare a meal. You couldn't sew on a button. You couldn't light a fire. And you couldn't walk more than 3,000 feet from your home. I don't have time to go through all the Sabbath rules. Do you know why? Because there were 1,521 of them. 2,000 years later, things haven't changed. There are still people who will tell you and tell me how to live your Sabbath. We experienced it here in a corporate way last summer. You might remember that we hosted an evangelistic outreach on the night of the World Cup final. And we got a letter not long after it from a local church telling us how deeply offended they were by our actions that we chose to show a football match on a Sunday. Our Kirk session wrote a reply outlining our views on the matter. We remembered something that we'd said just a few weeks before here in our church services, and that is that we don't want our Sabbath to be governed by man-made rules, but rather by biblical vision. A paragraph from our letter. We said that since Jesus is our Lord and Saviour, We're particularly interested to see how Jesus kept the Sabbath. The Gospels tell us of four activities that Jesus was involved in on the Sabbath. One, he attended public worship. Two, he healed the sick. Three, he received hospitality. And four, he walked with his friends. On Sunday the 11th of July, the members of Kirkpatrick Memorial were given the opportunity to worship, to give and receive hospitality, to enjoy the company of their friends and to bring the gospel to sick people who desperately need it. A third Sabbath principle. Have freedom in your rest. Fourthly about the Sabbath. Enjoy others in your rest. The Sabbath gives us a chance to move from the things that aren't important, like stuff, And earning money to the things that are important, like God and our brothers and sisters and families. In his chapter on on this, this commandment, David Searle tells about the pattern that his grandparents stuck to. The family would all be together at worship, and then they would all spend the afternoon together, the parents giving their time to their children making sure that the 
the Sunday afternoon was the highlight of the kids' week. Now you might think that that sounds like the product of a bygone era, and he's talking about a, a time long ago. But just imagine the glue that it would be for your family if together, week by week, throughout your lives, you were together at worship and then spent the afternoon doing a, a wonderful activity together that all members of the family enjoyed. If you're a parent, I'd ask you to think about how the, the Sabbath, how Sunday could be the highlight of your child's week. Help them to love God's gift. And what I've said here about enjoying others in our rest, of course that applies way beyond families. Any one of us can use time on a Sunday to enjoy other people. A fifth Sabbath principle. Enjoy God in your rest. We've already talked about how the Sabbath is the Lord's day. Now I want to be careful here. Because it's not the only day that we can gather together with other Christians. It's not the only day for praise and prayer but it should be the, the one day when we really prioritize that. When we give time to focus on God and on our life with him. Even if your life was, was massively hectic, demanding of you from morning till evening, the other six days, if that one day were, were taken as a chance to refocus and to reorient yourself, you'd know a lot of God's blessing in your life through the Sabbath. I, I talked a moment ago about how this was the Lord's Day, the, the day when the risen Lord Jesus is remembered by his church. It's incredible how much of what we know about the risen Jesus happened on a Sunday. Those, those short few weeks that he lived between his resurrection and his ascension. This is the day when he met Mary Magdalene in the garden as, as dawn came and she lingered with her sorrow. This is the day when Jesus met Simon Peter who had sinned against him and needed to be forgiven. This is the day when Jesus met with Cleopas on a dusty road as he journeyed. This is the day when Jesus met with his disciples in an upper room and breathed his spirit into them. This is the day Jesus met with Thomas in all his doubts. This is the Lord's day. And the best part of what God has given us in the Sabbath is we can, we can make it a, a part of our lives to meet with Jesus. Folks, I, I want you to dwell on that for a moment, that reality that we meet with Jesus. That it's not just with each other. That it's not just with whatever the worship leader happens to be or whoever happens to be preaching. You know, it's crazy to think that I could ever preach a sermon even once that would hit on the majority of the people here with what they need. I don't, I don't think that's possible. But what if Jesus, by his spirit, is present with us here? What if he's going up and down through the pews? 
knowing your hearts and your minds, your troubles and your anxieties. He is here to meet with us. This is the Lord's day. Be sure to enjoy God in your rest. We're almost done. The sixth uh, principle on the Sabbath I want to offer you this morning. Stand up for your right to rest. If you look carefully at the whole text of the commandment, there's this bit in there that looks quite quaint to us about making sure that everybody gets a rest right down to the animals. Neither you nor your son or daughter nor your manservant or maidservant nor your animals or the alien within your gates. Get a rest, the commandment says, but also make sure that others are allowed to rest. And so we come back to where we started with Alex Atwood. He'll do well to reflect on the full text of this fourth commandment. He needs to think through the implications of longer Sunday trading. You see, freedom for a small number of people to shop takes away the the freedom from somebody else who has to work. And it's not just shop workers. It's police, security, banking, distribution, transport, health, catering staff all have to work when the shops are open. The UK is top of the league for evening and weekend work. It's bottom of league tables for child welfare. Across the UK today, one and a half million parents will work. And they'll miss time that they could be with their children. Six suggestions to help you receive God's rest in the Sabbath. Guard your rest. Be refreshed in your rest. Have freedom in your rest. Enjoy others in your rest. Enjoy God in your rest. And stand up for the right to rest. Let me finish. Up until a point in my life, I was very aware of trying to keep Sabbath. I knew that that was an important thing to do, keeping the rules and all of that. But I gave up on that a long, long time ago. Because I've learned that I don't keep Sabbath at all. Sabbath keeps me. Any Sabbath keeping that I do is only because I know that I desperately need to receive what God wants to give me in the Sabbath. The initiative's with him. The gift is his. He says, Christoph, remember the Sabbath day. Keep it different from the others. Will you do that? Will you remember the Sabbath And keep it so that it might keep you. Let's pray.